And now, here's Matt Mosley. This is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. And uh, let's go to Morgantown. Uh, Mike Casaza joining us from 24-7 Sports. And, Mike, this is uh, supposed to be a relatively slow time, baseball winding up, softball, all of that. And then this Huggins news hits. Um, been a busy 48 hours or so for you and uh and and you had a nice hit this morning on the amended contract of bob huggins uh wh- what was your thinking when this first i mean like, how did you even hear about this did it did somebody like shoot you a note about the interview or was it like when it started floating around what was what was kind of your first um uh, uh, when you found out about this, uh, what what were you almost think it was unreal um, when you when you first were tipped off about it? Yeah, let me start where you started, Matt, because West Virginia's baseball team is like one of the best in the country this year. Um, their football program is not, so football's out of the way, and people are not pulling their hair out about it because they you know <laughs> kind of want the coach gone, or they'd like to maybe just win six games. But they're like, hey, baseball is awesome, and West Virginia basketball. Hey, man, the Hall of Fame coach has his mojo back. They have the number one transfer portal class in the country. This season's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. Hey, man, the sun's coming out. It's going to be 75, 78. Wait, Bob Huggins is on the radio in Cincinnati with Bill Cunningham at noon on a Monday. I wonder what he could say. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like, if you're if you're at all familiar with West Virginia athletics, you, you kind of know that when you don't think the worst thing is going to happen, the worst thing happens, and here you have the relative calm of an off season. All of a sudden, like, like a sledgehammer to a pane of glass, it's all shattered because th- this is a Mount Rushmore figure when it comes to WBU sports. And for him to put himself in this situation was probably extremely disheartening for a lot of people. So yeah, it was a bummer, and that became number one on the ledger for a time of year where things are pretty quiet. You think you know mm-hmm. the transfer portal is about to close. There's no spring football. Baseball's cool, but what type of news does that generate? You know, you, one minute you're wondering, hey, could their second baseman be one of the players of the year candidates nationally? Yes. And the next minute you're like, well, that's an interesting choice of words, Bob Huggins. And you're trying to figure out how deep he is in the deep end of the pool right now. And the answer is very deep. You know, there was there were serious questions about his termination and just following that thread for a long, long time. Um, you know, just they had a really bad day Tuesday. They're just the public outcry was so bad from, you know, an ACLU group and a uh, pride group and LGBTQ LGBTQ plus group. It was bad. They were all coming out against Huggins and the university here. And the longer it went along, you're thinking this isn't going to be good for the coach because there's going to be more of this at a higher volume in number and tenor of the conversation. And it felt like it had to end somehow sooner or later. And I think they really expedited things Tuesday night and into today and, you know, just, just knowing people and following the breadcrumbs here, it, it just it came to be that they were going to suspend him. More significant to me, they really amended his contract, and we can get into that. But, you know, there's a nominal number of games. There is some significant education, sensitivity, and outreach. But also his contract is totally different now. Um, and, and for a person like me, when it comes to, you know, papers, contracts, things you can actually get your hands on and get a look at, that became significant. It made me seem like they were going to do something here because they were talking about – how do we turn a multi-year contract into something we can revisit every year to see if he's still in line with what the university stands for? And you know, this Matt from beat writing, things happen at night. <laughs> like last night, you know, people get back from meetings and they put their kids to bed, and they talk about it, and they answer questions and they fire off texts and emails. And 
the game pretty clear last night that his job was safe, which was the cause for celebration, but also that he was going to have to pay, and he really did figuratively and literally today. Welcome to town, Ren Baker, the new athletic director. I mean, you've got this football coach thing to figure out, and then Bob Huggins does this. This is a huge unforced error by Bob, and it wasn't even like it was, you know, it, it wasn't even, I was telling somebody yesterday, it wasn't even funny. Like, it was just kind of like, he was taking, I mean, it was it was like they were in the locker room or something, and, and, and it was like this, what you some people would call loose talk or whatever. And then I think there was some reporting, I've been reading what you were writing about this, there were some sources who thought that maybe he didn't realize he was on the air. Now, you still can get in trouble, obviously, open mic kind of situation, saying something like that off the air. Do you think Bob somehow thought he was talking to these old buddies and they just called him up and either they were in a break or he thought they were just messing with him and he didn't know he was on the air? Is that what? Is that at least what maybe Huggins was trying to put out there? You know, part of me wants to give him the benefit of the doubt because he has been through tens of thousands of interviews, I would guess, whether it's in front of a microphone where he knows he's at a press conference or he knows he's on a sideline report or he knows. He just knows. And how many times has he done interviews with the radio? Um, uh, Part of me just thinks that, like, you can't be so naive. But also just what, what several people told me and not volunteered it because I think it's embarrassing. And it was not in, included in any explanation or any statement because no one's going to believe it. And it doesn't necessarily make you look better if you were not aware you were on the air. But um, here's somebody who was going from point A to point B. Um, I believe he was somewhere in Ohio on his way into West Virginia, not a very far drive because he was due at a fundraising activity. And the phone rang. And it wasn't like it was set up by a producer. It was just a number from an area code that he knows, and Huggins knows a ton of people in Cincinnati. Might have been programmed into his phone if it was the host or if it was, you know, his one of his old assistant coaches is one of the co-hosts for that show. Maybe that's in his phone book. I don't know. I haven't been able to ask him that question or get an answer from anybody I really authentically trust here. But I think what he had told, I know what he told a lot of people initially was like, I wasn't aware I was on the air. And, you know, to the point that some people have said he found out from other people he was on the air. Um, so that's that's perhaps proof. It doesn't really get him off the hook at all. But I could certainly see a scenario where something that has not happened in a guy in the career of someone who's done, again, tens of thousands of interviews maybe, how does it happen? Maybe it is something that's unique and extenuating, and perhaps that is an explanation here. Do you believe it? Does it make any different? Mm-hmm. Very subjective answers there. I don't I don't know. I wouldn't pretend to make anybody think the way I would uh, recommend here, but I think it's a possibility for sure. It makes it it would make him seem a little less like an idiot to if he thought that he was off the air and joshing around with some old friends, still awful what he said. But you're right, there's something to that. Mike Kazaza uh joined us from twenty four seven sports and I'm wondering what West Virginia fans, you know, like how quickly, like if they had fired him, there probably would have been immediate support, I would think, just because of his legendary status. But now that this has happened, will there be some kind of, you know, rallying around him a little bit? Is it just like embarrassment? What's the rank and file West Virginia fan that you've talked to and what you've been able to kind of see, what's the reaction been to this? Well, uh, no, I mean, very, very few people, I wouldn't say no one, but very, very few people wanted him to go. And even the people who, and believe it or not, Matt, there, there are people who are like, you didn't do anything wrong here. You didn't say anything wrong. It's just crosstalk. It's locker room chatter. You know, wow. the world is too soft now. Everybody's woke. And there's a lot of that. And 
that's a whole other program for maybe a whole other type of programming, right? But there were people who were just like, why would you suspend him? Why would you find him? He apologized. It's a mistake for a guy who's been doing this for 41 seasons in college and 16 seasons at his alma mater. And, and you could fill in the blanks with language you would expect and be able to predict here. And that's pretty much how a lot, a lot of this discourse went. Um, but there are people who are like, you know what? It's a bad thing. It's a stupid thing. He does deserve a punishment. And there's, you know, the opposite side, which is he's got to go. And sooner or later, you make a mistake like this, and you got to go. And it's not like Huggins has had, you know, a clean and pure career. He's been fired elsewhere before too. Um, so like, there's, there's. I'm not, I'm not saying the sins of the past are evidence and improve the future of, of misdeeds and all that, but it's not like this was the first time something has happened. So you, I don't know that you can judge a body of work by one incident, but I also don't know you could, you know, bring the past to the present. So it was, it was quite a, a cocktail for people to. To, to sit there and hold their hands and figure out what to do with. And again, he's just such a big figure here. And, and it's not basketball because to be frank, Matt, they haven't lit the world on fire the past couple of years. And pretty disappointing and, and really and truly um, one of the worst big 12 programs. So it's not like here's a guy who's been cutting down nets and hanging up trophies and you absolutely cannot lose this guy. Um, and he's really way, way closer. Way co- I mean, not even the question to the finish line, the starting line. I mean, he has a small number of years left before this, and now it's even smaller than that. So it's not like you had to have this guy because you were ruining a future either. And it's not like you had to have this guy because the recent past was so spectacular. People cling to him because of who he is and what he's done. And, like, he just fits in Morgantown. I'm not sure that this act before Monday would fly in a lot of places, but because he's a graduate, because he is so pro-West Virginia, because, again, raised millions and millions and millions of dollars for cancer research, he is the, going to be, or was going to be, the public face of a cancer center here. Um, it, it just, how do you knock that guy off? Of, like I said, Mount Rushmore. Um, so I don't think a lot of people would have been do that, and I don't think the university was prepared to have that vacuum when it comes to power and finances in the athletic department because um, they they just don't have a football program to prop themselves up on right now. Too, it, it would have been really hard to do that to take that rug out from under fans because what are you coming to the Coliseum for at that point? And more importantly, they've, they've reloaded their roster somewhat. They could be pretty good next year that you have an unsquandered – you have a squandered opportunity, an unrealized opportunity if you make a change at head coach when you could cash in a lot of chips next year. be very good. Be, I don't know, second week of the tournament good, maybe even beyond that. And I just don't know that fans and maybe even decision makers are willing to cross that bridge when – this is something we can get into as well. You can use the person who went rogue – to right the wrong, and ultimately that's what they chose to do. Do people even want to hear from him, though? I would think in those communities or LGBTQ+, I mean, part of what – I was wondering what you thought of the president's statement, uh, and it's kind of like he's going to write a check, I think, to these organizations. They're going to divert some of these funds that direction. I mean, it's almost kind of like he's going to be asked to do sensitivity training, go on a tour. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, if I were in that c- – community do you really i mean maybe they do want an apology from him maybe they want to see him in person but it's just odd because we know i mean you know bob huggins and probably the way he was talking to those guys is kind of the way he handles himself in private and so to Hmm. kind of imagine him going around to these groups and talking i i don't know is anybody other than him well served by that i'm not sure you know, it's a great point. It's a great point. And, and the unfortunate or perhaps fortunate timing of this is there are no students on campus to protest now, and there are active LGBTQ plus groups on campus. Um, there's a, a, a pretty good pride organization in town. They may do something, who knows, but they have also been heard 
in the past 48 hours. Um, and there's no students on campus to protest. There's no students or fans who not come to games because they're not playing games right now. So you're really do, speaking hypotheticals about what will the effect be? Because really and truly, they're going to be good in the preseason. They're going to have a lot of offseason hype, and people are going to want to come to games. Um, they're going to go three and zero without Bob Huggins, and they're going to go to a tournament, maybe win the tournament. And if they come back six and zero and ranked for the first game that he's back in the Coliseum, it'll be huge. No one will be talking about that. I think the university's thing is here is that you know these are universities have basketball programs. They don't exist to fund a basketball program, right? It's part of their community, and if part of your community excludes and, and speaks so. Uh, embarrassingly, ashamedly, whatever the language you want to use these few past couple days about part of your other community, then you've got to fix that. And then I think the best way they could do it was like, let's use the offender to heal this situation here too. Because there's a risky run where if you make the change and you get rid of Bob Huggins because of his speech, well now that other side of the aisle that has been affected may not have wanted us or asked us, but they're going to deal with a lot of blowback because you did this to Bob Huggins when they didn't do anything. And that's a risk you can't do. So now if you can create a conversation, if you can get them across the bridge, and if Bob Huggins can reach across the aisle and talk to those who he may have hurt and offended, but also reach on the other side and bring people in to see part of the conversation that they do not want to see or hear or experience right now, and they can understand what the affected side feels, that may be a win for everybody. That's going to take a lot of work. It's a tremendous leap of faith. I'm saying these words, and I'm like, no one's going to believe this, Mike. But that's part of the thought process. That's, that's part of the thought process for a university and for leaders because a basketball team is as much a part of the community as LGBTQ plus in their university campus. Like You want to make sure everybody feels like they're part of it. And if you let one person displace another, you failed. And they were not going to do that. So how do they fix that is what they're going to do now. And you're right. Will they listen to him? I don't know. Will they walk out? Will they show up? I have no idea. But he, he's like, if you read the statement, he is, he is ordered to be curious, to be active, and to be engaged. Um, he can't just go to these things and sit in the back of the room, right? He's got to be out front and part of it. And then maybe by the time that he comes back and the three-game suspension is over, instead of like footage of him barking and scowling on the sideline, it's footage of him talking to these groups and listening and shaking hands and hugging people. Stuff that exists only in your mind right now as what if, but what if it does happen? That's pretty powerful stuff, and that's where they put their eggs right now. When do you think he'll talk? Not for a while. I mean, Matt, we're, we're still waiting on on his news conference for when he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. He, did, he didn't do it because he's not into that stuff, too. And I don't. he's not going to sit on Oprah's couch uh, he's not going to go on a Jay Leto like like when you see the celebrities do their rehab tours. He's not going to do that. I think he's going to you know take the medicine is not the right word. I don't want to say that. Um, I think he's going. I think he's going to put on put on the sports coat and go and do the job right now. And, and what he's supposed to do, I think he's going to try to be authentic about it. And he better be because they've established a zero tolerance. If he starts you know messing around with these things or if he's not taking it seriously, he's done. Um, if he slips up on the sideline and says something that he shouldn't, someone hears it. He's done. You know, similarly, if a student athlete says something like, hey, I heard him say this again. I just I want to report it because I know he's in trouble for it. He's done. So, like, he's really got to be serious about these things right now. That's his focus. And I don't think he wants to draw any artificial attention. He, he is not a microwave solution guy. He's not going to say, you know what, I'll have my press conference. I'll answer everybody's questions and we'll be done with it. doesn't want that. Um, he's never been in that, like, using the media for as a mechanism for that. Um, this is a guy who this, this sounds trite and cliche, but I mean, coal miner family, his dad was a coach. He only knows hard work, all that stuff that he said a million times before. But like, 
he's got he's got work to do right now, and if he doesn't take it seriously, he knows what the outcome is. I mean, he he's on one year contracts now, and for a coaching lifer to know that that's on the table, you, you really have to be serious about this now, and he has no other choice. Mike, what's he what's he like to deal with? On you know after games, uh, even in some of the maybe informal times with with beat writers and TV folks, uh, I'm sure there's some times maybe you get to be around him. Is he as curmudgeonly and it's almost like miserable sometimes as he comes across? I mean, I'm sure he's funny. I'm also sure he could be a jerk at times. I mean, at least again from kind of watching him from afar. Like, what's the media? truly think of him that's around him a lot you're going to get different opinions because you really have to know him um I, I would i would challenge everybody right now to take this test but think of what you imagine bob huggins to be like in conversation right because here he is six foot four and and whatever his weight is he's a he's a big guy like there's no doubt about that and he's a huge presence and you think man this guy must be abrasive he must be really hard to deal with um he must be just like a loud obnoxious person he is extremely soft-spoken um, in news conferences and one-on-ones, you really have to be quiet and lean in to listen to him. He is extraordinarily smart. Uh, he can talk to you on a number of uh, different topics on things. I, I don't want to say that this is like a renaissance man and please forget everything that happened. That's not my point, but that is just to re, I guess to illustrate how surprising it is for people who know him to be trapped, tripped up, I should say, to be entrapped in his own words and actions to make a mistake like that. Um, that's surprising to a lot of people because he's just so shrewd and so smart and media savvy or just savvy in general. Um, but yeah, like he's also honest. He's extremely protective of his players. He's not going to two-face you on stuff. Uh, he and I, and I've known him for like 16 years. Uh, he wasn't at my wedding. Didn't send me a gift or anything, but like I, I, he he's curious about a lot of things that you do and you know because you're around him so much during the season that what are we going to talk about, basketball again? You want to talk about that pick and roll? You want to talk about that timeout I didn't call? Okay, cool. You want to talk about this preview for the 31st time of the season? You find different things to talk about, and you can also relate in different ways where, like, he, he may club you for something that you say he doesn't agree with because he's very protective of his players and of his program and of what he thinks is right. But he also understands that you have a job and an opinion, too. So um, I think other people have different experiences with him, too. I know people who covered him in Cincinnati, they're like, you're crazy. He was not like that here. He's much older now, and he's much. I mean, he would tell you too. I hope that I'm not the same person I was at Cincinnati. That didn't end well, right there. But he's also older, and he's been through more, and he understands things too. And I think above all else, he's wildly grateful to be here at West Virginia. People forget, like he had just taken a job at Kansas State. He's told us before he would have never left unless the West Virginia job came open. He didn't want to go anywhere else. He felt so at home at Kansas State. He didn't want to leave again. They gave him a second chance, and he was ready to go, and he loved it there. He still loves it there. But Morgantown was the spot where he always wanted to be, and the fact that he had a chance to start at a point where you maybe can see the finish line in your career, I think he takes every day as like, how do I, how do I make this better for everybody? And is that media? Sometimes it is. So my experience is probably different than a lot of people think. I'm, I'm rambling here, but, but like, I do feel kind of strongly about this. Like he's he's been good to me through the years. It hasn't been mm-hmm. perfect by any means, but like he's really treated me like someone. And he's treated many other reporters like people he respects. And then this is anecdotally, but like one of the beat writers for West Virginia covered the Big Red Machine in Cincinnati. He wrote Charlie Hustle, right? Um, he's Pete Rose's biographer, and Huggins knew just of him from reading about him. And Huggins is delighted that he's on the beat covering West Virginia basketball now. And they talk about Cincinnati and the Reds and old stories about that back then. It's got nothing to do with Big East or Big 12 basketball. But, again, 
What are you going to talk about all the time? You talk about basketball, or you don't talk about life and experiences that you share or you want to share with others. And for him, it's much more than just here's a sport I coach. Here's the question you have to ask and answer. Um, he's just a different guy, but we, we think of him differently than other people do, and you probably think a lot differently of him today than you did three days ago. Yeah, and he's got some making up to do, but uh, that, really good stuff, Mike. Uh, Mike Casaza, uh, Casaza joining us on the Matt Mosley Show. I appreciate it, man. I'm going to be in touch with you, and I'm I'm kind of excited at some point to talk about what you were talking about, the portal, the fact that how in the world did West Virginia, who lost more players than gained players over the years, have this incredible run in the portal? And uh, and again, that you know that that. I hope we can get back to that being the story, but obviously there's another headliner. But, Mike, great job on on the story, and uh, hope to uh, uh, meet you in person one of these days. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Fan of your work. And also, just take a commercial break, Google Bob Huggins transfer portal last year, the year before. He hated it. It's the end of college sports. And here he is. Uh, here he is on the mountain for, for a day. Well, I guess maybe not today, but uh, you know, doing it better than anybody. So, again, a bit of a renaissance, man. He can reinvent himself. He's going to have to do it again. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Um, Mike Casaza. Uh, uh, and uh, does a nice job there uh, for uh, 247 Sports covering the Mountaineers. And he was the one this morning. I mean, I, I'm sure everybody saw ESPN. Pete Thamel did have it. But uh, the first person reporting on all these, uh, all these, uh, this punishment. Uh, was uh, was the guy we just talked to. So great to have him on. Really good perspective. Wise young guy. Um, uh, I don't know how young he is. Kind of sounded young. Uh, but uh, really uh, great perspective from him.